so we're short a person again. <laughs> but it's not who you think. <laughs> it's me. It is I. <laughs> I'm not actually here. I mean, you are short, though. <laughs> How very much dare you. Well, you walked into that one. <laughs> I did. I did. I don't walk into many things. Usually they go right over my head. Oh, good. Anyways, Hello. welcome to Under the Bridge. <laughs> I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg. Yes. Unfortunately, Nick could not make it this week. But, like My Chemical Romance and the Black Parade, we carry on. We carry on. That is a reference that sadly goes a little bit over my head. Uh, welcome to the Black Parade? Yes. You don't know the song Welcome to the Black Parade? I do not. I don't listen to MCR very much. The one that goes, When I was a young boy, my father took me into the city. Okay, that might be one of those songs where I've heard and I just never knew what it was called. Because that does sound familiar. God! I don't listen to MCR that much. <laughs> anyway, for various reasons, it's going to be a shorter <laughs> podcast this week. Yes. Let's start with the thing I'm most excited for, a brand new, another recurring segment. I'm sure it's going to be a fan favorite. You know it. You love it. It's called Making Fun of Morbius. Mm. So for those not in the know, Morbius has been exploding across the interwebs. For all the wrong reasons. With all kinds of memes, yes. Saying it's Morbin time, talking about how it's a masterpiece that secretly made a billion dollars and Disney's paying to keep it under the radar, all that good stuff. Just, you know, general vicious mockery of the movie at its own expense. And then Sony, geniuses that they are, turned around and took all of that ironic, meme goodness as expression of genuine, positive interest. And they decided... Mm. Let's re-release this movie in theaters for a weekend. And they did, in 1,037 theaters, only to make, per Forbes, $300,000 total b- bad. across the weekend. <laughs> yeah. That's about $289 per theater. So you, you know what's funny about that is that I didn't really become aware of the whole thing until I started browsing the Ace Combat subreddit. Because that's where I first saw the memes. Because people were conflating Morbius and Mobius, which is one of the player characters. Okay. And it and it was a thing of like, where is this coming from? And then I just kind of scoured the internet. It was like, oh no, <laughs> oh this can only go in one direction. Re-releasing the movie is not the direction I expected, though. If I'm being completely honest. What a <laughs> bunch of morons! Yeah, they that's... took the whole internet laughing at them and decided, oh. Loves this. Let's do it. Everybody will turn out in droves to see Morbius, right? It's got all this internet buzz, and somewhere in the background, some poor intern is shaking his head because either his bosses aren't listening to him explain how the internet works, mm-hmm. or he's afraid to say anything because if he tries to say, no, sir, they're actually making a lot of fun of us, this is a bad idea, he's gonna get fired. Yes. Which is just unfortunate. <laughs> just, I can't even believe. This this boggles the mind. I am declaring this, forget the information age, we are now in the irony age. Because the internet <laughs> brought Morbius back to theaters just so it could die a second time. Because all of the scathing mockery was completely lost on the idiots running the show. It's unfortunate that it didn't die with like sparkles and like wildfire. 
Right. Like it's just kind of a, bleh, it's like, okay, we're just stupid kind no, of death. No, this is the alternative, this is the preferred alternative, because if it had actually made money, I would be livid right now. <laughs> you remember how I start? oh wait, you wouldn't remember, because you weren't there. I started last week's episode with a Morbin Time reference to be funny, because this was before I heard about Sony's plans, and then I got really upset and vowed to never use Morbin Time again. Hmm. And then the movie bombed, so... You know what? Now that it's safe, and now that I can rest assured that Sony probably isn't stupid enough to do this again, it's Morbid Time! It's never not Morbid Time! It's always Morbid Time! I'm Morbid! You're Morbid! She's Morbid! We're all Morbid! You get a Morb! You get a Morb! Everybody gets a Morb! Mighty Morbid Power Rangers! Morb me once, shame on you, but teach a man to Morb me and I'll be Morb for the rest of my life! You guys are so stupid! Ha! This is like the whole thing about English teachers when they mention how the more you say a word, the more it just kind of dilutes itself over time. <laughs> I just, I had to work it out of my system. No, that's completely fair. It is just one of those things where it really is genuinely strange to me that they saw all of this, like, talk and whatnot and thought that that was people, like, genuinely interested in the movie. Because it's a thing of, like, no, this is, this kind of reaction, even if it's highly satirical, well, the fact that it's highly satirical, this is nothing new. Definitely nothing in regards to, like, media, in regards to, like, movies or video games. So I'm, I'm I, telling I just want to know how they got there. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a, it's a post-Snyder cut world. Mm. Zack Snyder's Justice League changed things. Because that was a movie that was chopped up because everybody hated the original vision, and rightfully so. So they chopped it up, handed it off to somebody else. And it did terribly, and then you had enough dedicated morons streaming into a void for them to release the non-existent cut, and Warner Brothers, recognizing the demand, proceeded to turn around and spend $70 million, and I'm sure their new CEO was kicking himself over them getting away with before he showed up, mm. to finish this cut. Which, although I hate the very idea of it, did receive quite a bit of acclaim for at least being better than the original. So... Now that there's this idea that a concentrated effort of people shouting into a void can actually accomplish something, I think Sony kind of conflated this and was like, oh, this is the same thing. Yeah, right? People were shouting about Justice League even though they hated Batman v Superman, and then they remade that, and that seemed pretty successful, so like, yeah. And they completely ignored the fact where Justice League didn't actually make them... Warner Brothers any extra money by releasing the Snyder Cut, it just put them $70 million in the hole. It is kind of a thing of, with that, since you mentioned it got a claim, it was, my brain kind of went, is it the good kind of a claim go? Is like kind of the whole thing where you know, saying like, having syphilis is preferred to having gonorrhea? Well, even that! True, true, that's not a great line. <laughs> I mean, it. there are genuinely people who appreciate the Snyder Cut, and, you know, more power mm. to you, good luck getting duped by Snyder lying and saying he had a finished cut of that movie, only to turn around and then charge Warner Brothers $70 million to release his completely finished cut that he told you existed. Yeah. But, it also got some acclaim in the, uh, less laudatory way. Case in point, mm. being nominated the most cheerworthy moment at the Oscars. <laughs> the most che How is that an Oscar? What? It was basically a thing that the Oscars set up where there was the Neo dodging bullets in the Matrix, there was the Avengers assembling in Endgame, there was the three Spider-Men in No Way Home. It was basically like, vote for whichever moment you think is the best. And unsurprisingly, a bunch of Snyder bots rigged the Twitter poll. So 
that Flash entering the Speed Force won. The fact that that even made it on the ballot is just... That is actually disappointing, yeah. Right? (laughs) Even more so now. (laughs) Congrats. Your big Zack Snyder Justice League cheerworthy moment at the Oscars goes to Ezra Miller! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, sorry about that little display of violence at the Oscars. That's not what we're about. Now give it up for Ezra Miller! I'm gonna Mm. keep riding this horse until I die, I swear. There's an Ezra Miller Will Smith joke somewhere in here, but I can't think there's of it. A, right there's now. a comparison to be made. If only I could. If only. If only I just. Ah, it's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> ah, mm, yeah, no thematic connection here. Nope. Mm. Nothing in common at all. But yeah, no, anyways, I think my point's been made and I've spent enough time kicking both Morbius and Justice League while they're down. Mm hmm. Let's go on to other DC news. Alrighty. We got an update from the Batgirl creators regarding the movie. Okay. The directors have confirmed they don't even know the release date. Uh... What? They were... (laughs) Specifically, I believe the conversation was about whether the Flash getting pushed back was going to affect their movie, since... Oh, okay. They have the connecting theme of Michael Keaton's Batman, so it was presumed that the Flash movie being a sort of multidimensional Flashpoint time travel movie would bring Michael Keaton's Batman into the main DC universe to be play- to show up again in Batgirl. Right. Their response. We don't know when Batgirl is coming out. No one told us nothing about tweaks, just to carry on. Is that one of those things where that can either be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it? This movie was, as far as I know, supposed to arrive late this year. Oh. At least that was the rumblings. That's what everything Hmm. seemed to point to. So, if they don't know, that's... Oh, man. I hope this movie doesn't get canned. I mean, if anything, it sounds like it's just... It has recently entered, potentially, development hell. Which would also be unfortunate. Because we know that the CEO wants to cut a bunch of expensive HBO Max movies, potentially. But, I mean, this movie is made, for the most part. It's basically Hmm. done. I'd like to think that instead of pulling it, maybe Zaslav will put it in theaters so it can recoup some money instead of, you know, being a probably $60 million movie that ends up just not bringing anybody to HBO Max, because why would it? That's not how these things work. No. Was this one of the movies that was made before they did the HBO, like, budget cutoff? Yeah. Oh. Ugh. That's But it's farther... Like, It and Blue Beetle were farther along than Wonder Twins, which is why I think it's not... I don't think it's getting cut, but you never know. Weirder things have happened. Blue Beetle already got moved to theaters, because that was supposed to be HBO Max as well. But, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I think what happened was they realized how insanely expensive it was going to be to animate the CGI in that suit and make it look good, and that it was stupid to put that on HBO Max, but also realized that, no, we can't just axe the movie with the first Latino superhero in the DC Universe after we, you know, advertised that and made a big deal out of it. Because mm-hmm. people will understandably be very upset. Yeah. Yeah, there would be definitely reason to. Yeah. So I think that's what happened with Blue Beetle, but we'll see what happens with Batgirl, I suppose. Oh, I hope it comes out. Like I said, I just hope it doesn't enter development hell. Yeah, I mean, they got Brendan Fraser as Firefly. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that. Speaking of things I want to see, we got a very minor Deadpool 3 update. Okay. 
and it's just the writers saying that Marvel has actually been very supportive with regard to the R-rated content. Good. Yes. Good. I'm still very curious to see how that ties into the MCU, but that's definitely a good sign. Yeah, the exact quote was, they've been very supportive with regard to that. Now, when it comes to a particular joke, if we cross a line, maybe we'll hear at some point, maybe not that joke, <laughs> but I think they've been incredibly supportive of what we're doing because obviously we were doing it separate from them for a long time, five years, mm. but whatever. And I think they've seen the success and they've had their own even greater success. So hopefully it'll be a marriage made in heaven, but we've definitely got their support and that's a great thing to feel, which is really good. Yeah. And I hope they can use this to springboard the idea of some more R-rated MCU content, because I'm not saying Blade needs to be R-rated, but I am saying maybe it could benefit. Yeah, I feel like Blade and Deadpool are, I mean, there's probably more like potential pulls from the comics. R-rated Moon Knight? I, I can't comment on that, I still haven't watched the show. R-rated, <laughs> you still haven't seen it? No! We're fixing I'm this! I'm busy! We're fixing it! That's ridiculous! <laughs> it's a good show! I know it's a good show, I just haven't had a chance to sit down and watch it. Yeah, we're fixing that! <laughs> My god, I can't, I can't even... Mm. I hope we get Deadpool 3 actual news soon, though, because... Yeah. Oh, man. That movie's been in the works for, what, three years, four years at this point? Something like that. Yeah. It's, it was definitely in the works before the merger happened, and then they were quick to say, no, it's still happening when this happened. Presumably, it's just a thing of they're not in a super huge hurry because they've got a bunch of other stuff in the works, and maybe it'll get bumped up now that Fantastic Four might have to push back. We'll see. I'm very curious to see if there's kind of a free guy moment in that movie where there's very clearly a point where the Fox production ends and the Disney Marvel production takes over. Hmm. The last actual little bit of news that I got, because I, there's been, there's been things going on, like Netflix having their geeked out, whatever it is, but I'm not paying attention to everything that comes out on Netflix, because... <sighs> so, last bit of news that I've got, before we get into the gaming side of things, mm -hmm. is we have a release date for I Am Groot. Okay. And that is that the series of animated shorts is going to premiere on August 10th, right before She-Hulk. I don't know if we're getting all the shorts at once, or if they're going to release it weekly as well, but we'll see. We also got that sick poster I showed you. Maybe I'll put it yes. up now. It's a very cute poster. I like it a lot. Yes. James Gunn also said it may not be... He said something to the effect of, it's not necessarily going to be important. Which some people have taken to mean it's not canon, but I think just means it's not important because it's baby Groot set between Guardians 2 and Infinity War, so... Hmm. I kind of got the feeling, based on what very few things that I saw of it, is that this might be kind of a similar situation to what Star Wars Visions was to the Star Wars franchise, where it's kind of its own little kind of bite-sized fun thing that doesn't affect anything but it's still a good time yeah with that i kind of figure that if that is the case they probably would release all the episodes at once makes sense oh actually a couple of things piggybacking off of that there's a couple of guardians updates one mm. of which is that daniela melchior has been confirmed to be joining the cast although we don't know as who okay uh, i believe james gunn said she's not moon dragon so <laughs> that's sad but mm. Oh, well. She was great in the Suicide Squad, so I'm very much looking forward to seeing her again. Oh, yeah. 
She was Ratcatcher. Yes. Good. Glad you know. <laughs> I mean, she was great as Ratcatcher. It was very fun. It was very fun watching her being Idris Elba's foil. So if we get more of that, I am I am all on board. <laughs> and they've also added Maria Bakalova. Bakal- Bakalova? I, I apologize. I'm very bad at pronouncing names. It has nothing to do with any language. I'm just bad at it. She is known for having a breakout role in Borat's subsequent movie film. And she's also going to be in the A24 slasher parody, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. So, also exciting. Okay. Wow, that comes out, what is that? That's May next year. Oh, really? So that's, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that doesn't seem like that far away. No, that's that's 11 months. Wow. Yep. <laughs> I'd just like to remind you, we only have a month until Thor. Do we now? Miss Marvel comes out in two, comes out Wednesday. All when right. this podcast goes up, I will probably have seen Miss Marvel. Not at three in the morning, but I'll have seen no. it. No, no, don't do that. <laughs> no, absolutely that. not. I'm getting very little enough sleep as it is. Good. Oh my goodness, this is kind of getting a. I mean, I remember, I remember us talking about this when we were kind of starting to get Marvel stuff back after the pandemic. I was kind of like, you know, I'm kind of cool with it taking longer between releases. This is kind of turning into why that is because it's. Because nothing against it, per se, but it is kind of a thing of, like, every time this has happened, I'm like, wait, it comes out when? Yeah. Like, that soon? <laughs> well, just remember, uh, after, what is it? After Black Panther Wakanda Forever, the next movie release we've got is for four months, which is good. That's a good yes. gap. Actually, there's also a four-month gap between Thor Love and Thunder and Black Panther 2, so, yeah. There's still gonna be Disney Plus stuff, like... Obviously, um, She-Hulk, but we'll see. We have to be getting some Black Panther 2 information soon. <laughs> Hopefully, unless they yeah. want to delay the movie again. No, let's hope not. So anyways, because it's been a sparse week of movie news, by which I mean I only felt like looking up certain things and chasing after certain things, we're going to go into gaming, which is also sparse, because this is not my department, but I tried mm-hmm. my best. I mean, there's a couple of things that have happened that I kind of want to talk about a little bit. Live update to Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, baby! We got voice acting! I just want to make sure, when the game launched, there was no voice acting at all. Correct? None whatsoever. Why? Because Nickelodeon's <laughs> cheap. That's so frustrating, because part of what made those characters so, like, significant growing up was their voices. That's... I feel like that's a major thing to, like, just not have at launch. I had no idea. They also added items, but I'm not sure what items. So, Hmm. now I have to get a copy so I can find out. (laughs) No, I'm serious. Adding voice acting and items, that's like... That clinches it. XJ9 and Hugh Neutron getting in, that was already a big sell. Rocco getting in, also a big sell. The fact that Powdered Toast Man, Ren and Stimpy, and Zim were already in the game, also great. But voice acting? That's good. That's good shit. <laughs> I, I, I still maintain my previous thing when Hugh Neutron was announced is in how the f- hell does that work? He's not exactly a fighter. Although He'll throw I have ducks no... and pie. <laughs> I have no idea like how the game balance is right now, but it would be very funny if Hugh Neutron was actually the most overpowered character in the game. That would be great. 
that would be great. That would be the only thing that would get me to remove my criticism. <laughs> Plus, I mean, they put Ultra Instinct Shaggy in multiverses. Can we get Shadow Realm Hue Neutron? <laughs> but we'll see yeah, that... when he comes yes. out, I suppose. Mm-hmm. We also got the trailer for Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, and confirmation it is coming out November 18th, 2022, I believe. Okay. I mean, that's definitely more your department than mine. I'm cautiously optimistic. Because, yeah, it looks cool. I'm not as huge a fan of the more... This art direction for the human characters doesn't really resonate as much with me, but mm, we'll see. Uh, the big news, obviously, is LeChonk, everybody's new best friend. LeChonk. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna put up, a, I'm gonna throw up a picture right now. Look at that precious boy. <laughs> He's so good. He's just a round little piggy friend. <laughs> I need more of him. It's like ah, and if his evolution is ugly, I'm gonna have to put him on my team and not evolve him either. So I'm just gonna be <laughs> running through with Fue Coco and Lechonk, and neither of them will be allowed to evolve because they're my precious sons. <laughs> they also have shown that you can have four-player co-op because the game needed to be even easier. Or who knows? Maybe they'll make it harder if more people play. I doubt it because it's Pokemon, but we'll see. Did Pokemon not have multiplayer co-op before? They had two-player co-op in the Let's Go games. Huh. I kind of figured that would be one of the series that would have co-op. No, it's all about linking up together. Because you gotta remember, it was on handheld for the longest time. Mm, That's true, that's true. But I think, honestly, the real big thing is that they have advertised... They have come very close to calling the game open world without actually calling it open world. So I'm curious to see how that pans out. Because it's, uh, it's it's so close, you know? My only real thought on the trailer, because I did watch the trailer, just because I, I usually watch this kind of stuff just to keep up with it, is my thought process was, yep, that's a Pokemon game, followed by, why does this legendary look like he has um, Junkrat's tire in his chest? I am not a huge fan of that, I'll admit. <laughs> Not a not a huge fan. So, the exact quote from their website is, You can experience a new style of adventure with a world that you're free to explore at your leisure and not in an order dictated by the story. Now that sounds very close to saying this is an open world Pokemon game, but I do just want to note, it does not actually say open world Pokemon game. It just says it's not dictated by story. So to me, what to me what that sounds like is just them saying, I don't know if the Pokemon games, if they are linear in any capacity. Ordinarily extremely. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm surprised by that. No, huh. these things are okay. linear as fuck. Okay. Just you have to get all the... the gym badges in a certain order, Pokemon, Pokemon usually level scale. Oh. The wild area took some steps past that, but... Because you can explore the whole wild area as soon as you gain access to it, which is before you even go to the first gym, but you can't catch most of the Pokemon in it because they're all higher level than you, and there's a cap on what level Pokemon you're allowed to catch. Hmm. And you still can't get in a half of the map until you've cleared the first three gyms. Okay. So, because of that, that's why I'm, that's why I'm not convinced that this is open world until they outright say it, because... This feels like legal speak. 
to me, it doesn't sound like that it's going to, I mean, honestly, for me, it doesn't sound like they're even hinting at it being open world. It just more so sounds like to me that they're saying the game is, if nothing else, not going to be as linear as previous games. It sounds like they're saying the game isn't completely linear, which No, is... see, because they're saying you can explore the world in an order, not in order dictated by the story, which says... Mm. That at the very least, your progression through whatever the equivalent of gyms are probably doesn't factor in. Or maybe it does, because that's technically not the story. Or it doesn't have to be. So, they could always lock your ability to explore behind something else that isn't the story. Okay. But I am still optimistic. It's, It's frustrating because I... Violet has the better legendary, because... At least the legendary and violet version doesn't look like it has a tire in its throat. <laughs> that caught me. That was like the first thing I noticed in that trailer. Is like, the hell is that thing? <laughs> but I have to go with Scarlet for A, brand synergy, and B, that professor. Scarlet has a better professor. I am not a fan of Giga Chad Professor Turo. As I say, Scarlet has the um, cave woman professor, right? Yes. I, at least that's what I've seen the internet refer to her as. Yep. Hmm. Oh, we also got our first look at Sonic Frontiers. So, I've been hearing that there's been some backlash to that, which was weird, because when it was first shown, I I initially thought that everyone was, like, all on board for it. Let me tell you about the Sonic cycle, Greg. <laughs> the Sonic cycle goes like this. Okay. Sega announces a thing. Okay. People are tentatively excited about a thing. Okay. Bearing in mind that we have no information beyond a thing is coming. Sometimes it's accompanied with a CGI trailer or some other thing that makes it look like a very promising new entry. Okay. We get closer to the release date of the thing. Sega shows us gameplay. Gameplay mm. looks janky. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's fine. They've got time to finish it. Game comes out. Game is not radically improved. People are disappointed. Rinse and repeat. Oh, really? Yeah. Because Sonic Frontiers, I don't know if you've seen any of the actual gameplay trailers for it, but it does not look especially impressive for a game that is supposed to come out this year. It looks like an alpha build. Oh, oh okay, yeah. Y'all, you're better. watching it now? No, but the fact... I remember watching the trailer. I didn't catch that it was supposed to come out this year, but from the bits I remember, it's like, oh... Okay, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah, it's just Sonic running around a big, empty world solving puzzles, which, cool, but that's not really necessarily Sonic. And yeah. all I can do is, I look at this big, sprawling place full of cliffs and towers and stuff to climb, and I just think, you know what would be great here? Knuckles! <laughs> <laughs> you know what would be really great? If I could play as somebody other than Sonic. Mm-hmm. Maybe even Tails! Or Rouge, what do I know? Just, this is a big, empty, whole lot of nothing. And maybe there'll be something, but you can't trust that Sega's going to do that because they keep not doing it. (laughs) Sonic 06 did not drastically improve from what they showed us. We also know Sega does not delay games. I mean, I have many... I have many thoughts about Sonic 06, none of which I think is relevant to the current discussion. (laughs) And that game was 16 years ago, but it's still such a... It's such a black mark on the series because of 
just the expectations they built up and then refused to deliver on. And they have been spiraling, trying to claw their way back out of the pit that that game has dug ever since. To mixed results. Not every Sonic game since 06 has been bad. Colors was really good. <laughs> Half of Unleashed was good. Lost World was playable. So that was neat. <laughs> Forces is also playable. Generations was good. The problem is, all the really good Sonic games end up setting the precedent of defining what Sonic is for the next bit, and it's never as good. Like, Sonic Colors, really good, but now it's just boost gameplay. Generations was good. Oh, hey, let's keep bringing back classic Sonic and keep making 2D platforming Sonic games. Oh, what's that? You wanted a big 3D Sonic thing with multiple of Sonic's friends? Nah, you're not getting that. Sorry, please continue. <laughs> that would make too much sense. The the only thing I can add to at least Sonic 06 in that regard is constantly having to explain to people at work, like, when they ask about that game, it's like, is this a good Sonic game? It's like, <laughs> no. no, it's pretty bad. No. Well, why is it so Why is it so much money? Because the internet. And it's like, well, what do you mean by the internet? Because it's, like, it's notoriously really bad. It's like, I genuinely cannot explain this in a good way. <laughs> because it's content. Mm. <laughs> and then speaking of content... Sony had their state of play. Yes. And I do not care about most of it. Was there anything that caught your attention in it? The biggest highlight for me is that Spider-Man Remastered is coming to PC, and that's not even necessarily good news for Sony, so... Mm. Other than that, I mean, Stray looked interesting, mostly because I'm curious why this cat is roaming around doing stuff, and why there are robots helping it out. Yeah, that I thought was, that was one that did get my attention. It was like, this is neat. It raises a lot of questions, such as, my my first thought when I saw that trailer was like, okay, so what happens when the cat dies? Like, if you fall off, like, a big ledge, like, how, how are they going to get around that? Because <laughs> I don't think people, Nope, this is not a Hideo Kojima game. Oh, I don't God. know why I thought it would be, but something about it, you know? It would be up his alley. It, it's, it's, uh, the, the phrase death stranding popped into mind. <laughs> Where it's death stranding, but you're a cat. <laughs> uh, I, I am actually upset with myself for laughing at that. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Because that's so sad. <laughs> if it's any consolation, I feel very validated by you laughing. <laughs> it's so sad. Um, I mean, I don't know. So, I mean, I can't really comment on a lot of things because, as I'm sure is obvious by this point, my taste in games is very, very niche, so I can't really, like, give a lot of insight on things. That being said, the two that caught my attention were Street Fighter VI and Final Fantasy Sixteen. Yeah, um, don't care about either of those personally, but do go on. I mean, obviously, I don't know much about either series. I've only dipped, like, toes every now and again in the Street Fighter pool, even though technically one of my, my most expensive game in my collection is a Street Fighter game. Really? Yeah, I have Capcom vs. SNK. Huh. Um, which is honestly a very fun game. <laughs> it was a thing of when we tried it for a stream at work. It was like, this is really fun. How much is this? Oh, this is $70. Okay. <laughs> But it was a thing of like watching the trailer, seeing the um seeing like the graphics and all that, and especially the background song for the trailer. 
I am a sucker for music and games, and mm-hmm. that just had me hooked. It was also, it looks encouraging for what Unreal Five is capable of. So yeah, kind of thought that 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 was a good time. And same thing with sixteen. Final Fantasy, I definitely do not have much attachment for because I know nothing about that series. If I if I need to know about the series, I talk to my best friend in all honesty in Sarasota. Right. But that still looked really cool. It looked the combat looks really good. The again, same thing, the music was banging. Well, at least the the song for the first half was banging. The song in the second half I was okay, but it didn't grab me as much. I don't really much have to, have much to add other than it looked cool and it looked interesting. So fair. That's definitely going to be one of those where I keep tabs on it, but probably won't get it right away because Final Fantasy, like I said, isn't really my my thing. And it's Screenix. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's much less enthusiastic mm, now. Yeah. It's it's a shame just because Screenix has always been one of those studios where. Since I've never, like, delved into their games that much, I can't say I'm, like, a fan of them, but I always had respect for all the accolades and all the things they've been able to accomplish. And then, with recent events, you're just kind of like, really, guys? Took all that goodwill and just flushed it! Yeah, it's like, this is the rabbit hole you're gonna jump down into? It's like, that's a bit... Even as a non-fan, that's kind of disappointing. Yeah, I feel that. There were two other smaller things that I thought looked cool, one of which was Roller Dome. Oh, yeah! That's the one where it's like roller skates with guns, right? Yeah, I think Nick brought yeah. that one up during a... I think it got brought up during another episode. Because mm-hmm. I remember I remember Roller Derby game. Mm-hmm. So, that one looks interesting, although I'm curious, since it's Roller Derby with guns, how that's gonna... How's the difficulty gonna scale in this? Because <laughs> I feel like it's either you kill everybody really quick, or you get styled on. Yeah. I imagine styled on is probably the preferred method. No, I mean, Um, you're going to get styled on. Oh, okay. Because the thing about rollerblading with guns is it feels like it's the kind of thing where either you're going to take all the enemies out really quick, or the enemies are going to just shoot you dead, because that is how guns work. (laughs) I will be completely honest, that trailer very much awakened the caveman part of my brain, because it was a thing of, like... I was just watching it, and it's like, okay, they're roller skating. Oh, they have guns? This looks awesome! This is stylish and violent! (laughs) Yeah, so it's like, it's it's a thing of, like, I had no interest in the game up until people started stylishly shooting at each other while catching big air. It's like, alright, I'm on board. This is like some... Unga-bunga-ing everywhere! Yeah, this is some, like, lowest common denominator shit, but I am all on board. (laughs) And then... Eternites also caught my attention, just because that's apocalyptic action dating game is just weird enough where that's pretty far up my alley. I I will say that is a game that I feel like I am probably more curious about than I should be. (laughs) Because it's just a weird concept, right? It's a really unusual combination. It's like action, post-apocalypse, RPG, also dating sim it's like one of these does not belong with the other <laughs> it's like a persona game if you set it in a shin megami tensei setting <laughs> but i don't know we'll find out yeah that one is going to be one that i'm curious to hear more about but it was kind of a thing of like watching what it when it switched from action rpg in the trailer to dating sim scenes i was like wait what <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, like, what is going on, on. 
<laughs> this isn't right. <laughs> but yeah, that was this? pretty much it for me because all the other stuff are either franchises I'm not really attached to, or the concept didn't necessarily grab me, or it doesn't matter because I don't have a PS5 and I'm not entirely sure I'm going to get one. Yeah. I mean, I I don't personally have anything to add. Just because it's like, you know, for at least the stuff that I follow, it's been pretty slow. Right. Um, the only thing that I could talk about isn't really like something we're talking about, apparently. But I've mentioned it at least anyway. Apparently there's a company in, in I think, like in Taiwan or Japan, I don't know, who's going to put out a vinyl version of the Ace Combat Zero soundtrack. And I, at some point, need to pre-order that. <laughs> All right. Uh, because of all the Ace Combat games, Zero is definitely my favorite soundtrack. And it's like, oh, this is vinyl? Yeah, I can definitely waste a whole bunch of money on my vinyl collection. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um. I mean, other than that, and like the Top Gun Ace Combat DLC, which I haven't, haven't actually played with yet. It's been kind of a slow week, on at least on the things that I cover. Yeah, makes sense. So I guess that covers most of the news, at least most of the news that I've noticed and remembered and care about. <clears throat> so, trailer time? Trailer time. Trailer time. Gotham Knights looks like shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Alright, so, um, I haven't actually seen that. Uh, you could have told me you hadn't watched the trailers. Yeah, or at least that was one... I think that was the one I didn't watch. I did oh. watch the menu one. Well, but, okay. But first, but first, Gotham Knights. I am curious about your thoughts on Gotham Knights. So this this show immediately loses points, so many points, because mm -hmm. the main character is made up for the show. What? Turner Hayes is a show original character who is Batman's adopted son. Okay, I do remember you ranting about this. <laughs> so baffling. There's another yeah. Hayes character in, I think, Young Justice, but he's a villain named Harm, and also his name is William or something. But as far as I can tell, Turner Hayes, no comic counterpart, and that's even more frustrating that they came up with this original character to be Batman's kid. Batman has enough children! Batman has plenty of damaged children. He does not need more! Pick one, make the show about them! Yes. You've got Dick Grayson, you've got Tim Drake, Jason Todd, David Wayne, Duke Thomas, you could go Luke Fox if you wanted, there's Stephanie Brown, there's Carrie Kelly, who I think the two of them are in this show, there's Harper Rowe, who's also in there, I think. It's kind of hard to tell, because almost none of them have costumes, so <laughs> it it's... The best comparison I've seen is this doesn't even look like the regular CW Arrowverse stuff. This looks Smallville. I thought we were past this shit. Is it a CW show? Yes, it's CW, which is part oh. of why I'm so comfortable shitting on it. <laughs> Fair. The only interesting part about it was Duella Dent, who I'm not super familiar with her character, but she seems good. Like... They're sitting in the in their police transport. She's fiddling with her handcuffs. They're like, what are you doing? I'm trying to get these handcuffs off. Mm. Cohen and Harper got theirs off with no problem. And it turns out it was just a distraction. She was very obviously fiddling with the things as a distraction so they could get their cuffs off. So that's neat. <laughs> so okay. 
Since you didn't see the trailer, the whole premise of Gotham Knights, I suppose, is that Batman is dead. Oh, joy. And our entire party of main characters is suspected of having killed them, including completely new character Turner Hayes, who is suspected to have murdered him for his money. So is this Clue Batman edition? Because that's what it sounds like. I don't know. <laughs> what I do know is it looks dumb, and I hate it, and I I cannot get over the fact that the main character is not from the comics. Just, it's, there's, the Batman saturation is enough as it is. You don't need to make up characters to oversaturate. You already did that in Batwoman. Yeah, I mean, for me, what gets me is the fact that the original character is an adopted child of Batman. And it's like, I don't, like, I don't have a problem with an original character, per se, but you at least gotta give him a better background than that. That's Why don't you just use Tim bar. Drake? Yeah. Is it because Titans? Who gives a shit? Multiverse, baby! The whole point of a multiverse, of a bunch of disparate live-action things that occupy the same grander cosmos is that you could use multiple versions of the same character and you don't have to worry about what somebody else is doing with them. But DC, historically, has taken the most ass-backwards approach where, oh no, these things aren't connected, but we can only have one of any given character running around at a time. So, you know, if you're already doing something with Batman in this show, whoops, this other show can't have him, no matter how natural sense it would make for him to show up. God, I hate it! You know, that's the whole reason why Batman and most of the Aquaman supporting cast weren't in Justice League Unlimited at the end. Oh, really? Yeah! Nightwing and all of them and most of Batman's villains weren't allowed to appear in Justice League in the back half anymore because the new The Batman show was going on, and the Aquaman characters couldn't show up because they were trying to spin off... I think it was... I think it was the Smallville spinoff that never took off. So... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's baffling, and it still doesn't feel like they've learned since they're going and making people like Turner Hayes to be the main character and be Batman's super special son. Just do Damien. I take Damien. I hate Damien. Yeah, I feel like Damien Wayne, if if any of them, would be a better pick. I feel like if I feel like if it was Damien, there's a fifty fifty chance he did murder Batman, though. Yeah, because at least as as far as I remember, Damien is. By far and away, the naughtiest out of all of them. You know what, actually, though, that could be the hook! Even the audience isn't sure if he killed him or not. <laughs> Shoot, I could write for the CW. But but would you, though? No, of course not. I'm not sure I'd write for anybody. Mm. So that's Gotham Knights. That is Gotham Knights. I'm not looking forward to it and probably won't watch it. Maybe I'll watch an episode. We'll see. Yeah, at least enough to give it a, ch a shot. We also got the first teaser trailer for the live-action Pinocchio remake coming to Disney+. Plus. And uh, it looks like the movie. That... I think... Th I feel like Pinocchio is the first of the live-action remakes that has actually made me go, but why, though? Even It wasn't Lady and the Tramp? No. <laughs> it wasn't The Lion King? Well, no, it's it probably doesn't help that of all the classic Disney movies that I watched as a kid, Pinocchio was the one that I had the least attachment to. Um, Photorealistic CGI Lion King didn't have you scratching your head going, what's the point? Oh, no, that had me scratching my head. It was just kind of more so a thing of like, okay, that's a decision. <laughs> Fair no, I, mean, it, I mean, it's one of those things where I kind of get why these 
exist or i definitely feel like they're more for the kids now that exist but it is still kind of the first one that's made me go like even with it having tom hanks and i fucking love tom hanks just kind of scratching my head going i don't understand tom hanks really do be everywhere right now huh yeah lately i mean it's i i kind of got a glimpse of him kind of darting between places when they when he was going to be in the elvis movies like okay cool um also i'm i couldn't 100 percent tell but i feel like the cat is cgi oh yeah the cat's definitely cgi which Which presumably makes sense because they want a broader range of emotion out of the cat than you could get from a real cat Mm -hmm. now you know what frustrates me about this trailer Mm -hmm. we know pinocchio looks pretty much exactly like he does in the animated movie right yeah but we don't see any bit of him actually moving no yeah that was a tease (laughs) and i know it's a teaser trailer but the movie comes out in what is it um three months Oh, does it now? September 8th. So, Hmm. you'd think now would be the time to show people how you're going to do this whole puppet and live action thing. Yeah. Because that typically tends to be the thing that sours people on live action Pinocchios. Hmm. So, it's, it's baffling to me that in this trailer, they keep dancing around it. But nope, we're not gonna... We got one bit of a puppet, but they're on string, so that doesn't tell us anything. <laughs> also, Jiminy Cricket's weirdly textured. Yeah, it, he 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 looks strange. He looks, he he actually, like, looked like a puppet. Yeah, More that's like. a good point. Yeah. Huh. I mean, that's all I had to, uh, like, say about it. It was kind of a thing of... My main reaction at the end was, okay, but why? (laughs) Yeah. Same. So I guess we're good to move on to Fruits Basket Prelude. So I'm not going to lie, my monkey brain at the scene where the girl is like, has the chair and is like swinging it, my brain just went, murder! (laughs) (laughs) World star! Coming in with a chair, watch out, watch out, watch out! It probably doesn't help that other with the small bits that I've seen, like, at a mutual friend's house, I've I no idea what's supposed to be going on because I have not watched a second or at least a full episode of Fruits Basket. It's so as I understand th- it, mm-hmm. the the connecting thread to Fruits Basket is that this is the main girl's mom who was also involved with that family somehow. Oh, okay. I don't know mm. many more details than that, but I suppose okay. this is the. Maybe maybe finding out how it connects is supposed to be the point. Maybe maybe we don't actually know any less than we're led to believe we do, but I doubt it. We're probably woefully behind. Oh, yeah. No, I... I it looks cool. I have no idea what's going on, and it's definitely not helped because with Fruits Basket has actually been on, a sh- on my list of shows that I need to watch at some point. Looks cute, though. Yeah. No, it looks cute. Looks interesting. Um, but I just have no idea what's going on, so I don't have any strong opinions one way or another. Yeah, this is supposed to be coming out at the end of this month in North America for a few days, and I'm probably not going to get to see it because I never do with these anime films. Oh, is this a theater release? Yeah. Oh, okay, because I saw it on Crunchyroll's YouTube page, so I figured it was going to be released digitally through there. Oh no, it's also getting a theatrical release on the 25th, the 28th, and the 29th, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not that I'm going to get to see it, Mm. But oh well. Oh well. You know what does not look wholesome and instead looks terrifying? 
the Sandman. Yeah, that was strange. <laughs> so I still haven't finished the original Neil Gaiman comic run, but the bits that I have read, I love. Mm. This is probably one of my favorite comic series, especially in terms of visuals. Everything about it is just nutty and weird and just strange and ethereal, and they really seem to have captured that, and I look forward to this getting canceled in one season. <laughs> because it's Netflix. Uh, oh, I figure it's just because it'd be, like, violent or something. No, it's gonna get canceled in one season because it's Netflix and probably very expensive. Mm. So that's sad. That's a bit sad. It looks cool. I, I have nothing to work off of it, honestly, because I never read the comics, but it does look cool. So the starting premise is that the main character is Dream of the Endless, one of seven personifications of various concepts that are extraordinarily powerful. But mm -hmm. he ends up getting captured and bound for decades by some mortals who were trying to capture his sister, Death, instead. And when okay. he finally gets out of his captivity and goes back to the realm of dreaming, he finds out that the whole place has fallen into disrepair, most of his tools are gone, most of his subjects have fled. Well, he gets most of the subjects back fairly easily, but... There's a few that he still has to track down, so he goes to do that, learn something about mortals in the process. There were some DC crossovers fairly early in, because this was when they were trying to sell the concept, but oh, okay. he quickly diverged into his own thing and didn't really cross over much afterward. Hmm. There was something in particular that I wanted to talk about. Oh, right. Also... A lot of the characters have been gender and or race flipped, and the usual suspects are losing their shit over it and freaking out, even though Neil Gaiman himself was like, guys, just, it doesn't matter. Was this the thing, so I remember, because I couldn't remember if it was a DC character or not, but I remember the internet having an absolute tizzy about the character Death not being a cute goth girl, because I guess in the comics yes, it's a cute goth girl. Yes, this is that. This is that? Okay, cool. Well, even though, I remember reading up on her on, like, I think it was the DC Wiki, and you didn't have to go very far to see, by the way, this is not, like, actually what they look like. This is just the form that they've chosen. Yeah. So, that was kind of a thing of, like, why are people... It's like, oh, wait, no, you know why, because cute goth girl not being cute or goth in the actual production. Neat. <laughs> oh, here's an exact quote. When somebody started whining at him about it, courtesy of Neil Gaiman himself, I give all the fucks about the work. I spent 30 years successfully <laughs> battling bad movies of Sandman. I give zero fucks about people who don't understand slash haven't read Sandman whining about a non-binary desire or that death isn't white enough. Watch the show, make up your minds. Which... Good response. <laughs> I love this man. That's a good response. I love this man. So <laughs> Just much. the way he opened opened the said response. It's like, all right, we know his position like right now. <laughs> I love it. I I'm definitely willing to at least give it a chance. If I'm being completely honest, it really didn't draw me in. Like like I said, I thought it looked neat, but it didn't like necessarily like, grab me at any point. But I I'm at least open to giving it a try. Same. I honestly, I might try to watch it right when it comes out, just in the hopes of saving it to get a season two. Because mm -hmm. apparently, all Netflix really cares about is who watches it when it first drops, which is just baffling to me. Yeah, just a tad. But oh well, 
In other weird-looking locale news, we've got Disney's Strange World coming to theaters November 23rd. It looks cute. Yeah. And mildly disturbing, but still cute. <laughs> pulpy. It's very yeah, pulpy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's got Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal? Gyllenhaal? I think it's I think it's Gyllenhaal. I'm just gonna keep going off that one thing he said on that one late night show and go Gyllenhaal. <laughs> that is how I'm going to pronounce it from now on. It's Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh my goodness! Never, I will never not pronounce it like that. <laughs> Except I will frequently. But yeah, this looks interesting. Mm-hmm. I need more of a idea of what it's gonna be about aside from letting the animators take whatever drugs they want and then just. <laughs> create whatever pops into their weird acid visions but yeah it, it was a thing of when when the main character said it's like i'm a farmer and like i have many questions about it's like the whole thing of oh yeah this is me you're probably wondering how i got there <laughs> that, yep, that started me. playing that started playing in my head when he said that as like which is probably what they're going for just you know you want to draw people to the theaters to see it but it's still one of those i have Way too many questions about this. Yeah. We'll have to see as we get closer, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Minions. The Rise of Gru. I, ugh. The trailer... The trailer, ugh. You ever have those things when it comes to trailers or movies where it's something that you know draws you in and it pisses you off when the people making the thing do it? Yeah. It's the use of Beastie Boys in this trailer. <laughs> really? Yes. That's fact, what did it. No, it really, I am a sucker for any good use of a Beastie Boys song in a trailer. And it's one of those things where considering how batshit the minions are. And the fact that they fly a plane in a way that actually should have killed everybody on board. To have that backed by sabotage by the Beastie Boys was like, oh, fuck you, trailer. Fuck you, marketing department. <laughs> you know the worst part? <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, one of the one of the more recent previews did that for me using "Lose Yourself" by Eminem. <laughs> it was a case of this does not fit the minions at all, but damn if I don't get pumped when there's a honestly kind of badass trailer remix of "Lose Yourself." Yeah. Um. As far as the trailer itself, it's not a surprise, but for a trailer that's supposed to be like the um prequel or at least showing the origins of Gru there really was not a lot of Gru no because it's minions it's ultimately a minions movie the whole point is Gru gets kidnapped by even worse bad guys and the minions have to save him Mm -hmm. oh okay the peanut bit was good the peanut bit was very funny that did get me pretty good honestly (laughs) it's like alright alright you get a couple points for that and then when he Uh, lands the plane at the end he's like ha ha and then the other one pops in no no ha ha no ha ha (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that 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 also got me. For the most yes. part, though, I mean that that's kind of just the Minions movie for me. The last mm-hmm. Minions movie, I don't remember most of it, but I remember the one part, which is when the Minions are bopping around Buckingham Palace, singing their own version of the Monkeys theme song, that just <laughs> killed me. That was great, and I will forever have a special place in my heart for that movie, specifically because of that, especially because. I think I was the only person laughing, but I was dying. I don't know. It's one of those things where the Minions movies are weird for me because if I'm being completely honest, I'm not crazy about the Minions as a concept, but I've never like walked away. Oh yeah, no, they're terrible. But I've never walked away from a Minions movie like completely hating it either. 
I mean, there's only been one. Whoa. Uh, fair. <laughs> well, just kind of the whole franchise in general. I'm for sure for DreamWorks, it's going to be the usual thing of we came, we saw, we showed, and we sold a shit ton of toys. Oh, uh, that's not DreamWorks. That's Illumination. Illumination. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Still, st- point still stands. Yeah. These are the people making the Mario movie. <laughs> be afraid. Be very afraid. Be prepared for the Goombas to be the next minions. Calling it now. Oh. Oh my god, I didn't even think about that. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right on that, honestly. (laughs) Right on the money. You're not the only one cursed with knowledge. Mm. (laughs) So I guess the last one that we got for this week is the menu. That is a... The trailer for that made me go, I really shouldn't want to see this because I'm pretty sure I will be deeply uncomfortable watching this movie, but I do kind of want to see it. It's so bizarre. Yeah. Plus, it's Ray Fiennes and Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah. Who brings me much joy. <laughs> it, it it was a thing of, like, like as I was watching it, I, I just con- got continuously more uncomfortable with everything that was happening. It's like, I, I told, I could just tell myself, I know I'm not going to enjoy this movie, but I do, I do, I am interested enough to see it, even though I know I won't like it. The best part is, I didn't even know what it was. I just decided to watch it on the whim of, oh, it's coming to theaters, and I like the cast in this, so let me go ahead and watch this. And at first I was expecting it was some kind of drama or something. <laughs> but then as it keeps unfolding, it's just like, oh, this is... This feels unsettling, but I don't know if it's intentional. Oh, it's intentional. Oh, this is 100% intentional. (laughs) This is just like this. That's what this is. Ralph Finney's... Ray Fiennes. Ray Fiennes, sorry. He doesn't normally do horror, does he? Um, not as far as I know. Yeah, that was kind of the thing that got my attention. It was like, I don't... It's like, I don't associate this man with horror. But the fact that he's in this... He's Voldemort. Does that count, though? <laughs> it does now, I think. Uh, fair. Social horror. <laughs> oh, got him. Uh, Don't know yeah. who, but I got him. Yeah, like I said, interested. Definitely curious to hear more about it. Probably gonna hate it if I see it in the theater. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. So with that covered, I think we got this week's box office, and then... Honestly, you know what? We could probably spin off into something else, because starting us off, the clear winner of the box office this week, Top Gun Maverick. Yes. With a $90 million domestic weekend, only a, what was it, 32% drop or something similar? Which is a very, like, that sounds big, but in the scheme of movies, that's really not... That is, I believe, still the smallest drop for a movie that opened over $100 million. Yes. Wait, or uh, it's the second smallest second weekend. Or it, no, it's the smallest second weekend drop for a movie of that criteria. That's the one. Yeah. Which is impressive, and I would never have expected in my life for Top Gun Maverick to be a contender for that. Yes. And I can say I contributed to that, because I finally got to watch it this past week. You did finally get to see that. So I'm going to yes. run to the box office, and then you can talk about it. Yes. So... Top Gun Maverick's 90 million domestic weekend brought it to 295.6 million domestically as of today, and a 557.2 million worldwide total. 
Not okay. bad at all. No, not at all. In second place, very distantly, Multiverse <laughs> of Madness took in $9.1 million domestically. It is currently at $388.6 million domestic and $910.2 million worldwide. So Jesus. I don't think it's joining the Billion Dollar Club, but that's still wildly impressive. Yeah. Although, I think Maverick probably is going to knock it off the highest grossing movie of the year so far. And who knows? the way things are going. Yeah, because, I mean, Maverick's already at $557 million, and with that small <laughs> weekend drop... I guess we'll see. Yeah. I think the domestic is really going to make or break this year. Given the nature of the movie, I feel like the domestic market is going to be very strong for Maverick. Yeah. In third place, we got the Bob's Burgers movie which took in $4.6 million domestically for a $22.4 million domestic total and $24.1 million worldwide. In some sad news, I did some looking into it, because in a previous video we were complimenting the movie for its performance. It turns out its budget is $60 million. Oh. So that $24 million worldwide box office is not actually great. Oh, no. Yeah, sad. Probably didn't deserve that. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. I might not, because I've never seen any Bob's Burgers episodes all the way through, I don't think. Same. See bits and pieces. Doesn't seem bad, just not my speed. Yeah. Fourth place, we got The Bad Guys, which took in $3.3 million domestically for a $130.8 million domestic total and $218.1 million worldwide. I also did some digging. Apparently, its budget was $70 million, so it is making money. Mm. Which is good. It deserves it. I actually did see that one. Mm -hmm. And then Downton Abbey at $3.2 million domestically for a $43.5 million domestic total and $79.3 million worldwide on a $40 million budget. So that's likely going to pull in something. Yeah. So that movie's been out for how many weeks now, though? A few. I know a okay. few. Hmm. Well, if they can't get to the last bit, then power to them. Good for them on that front. Yeah. So, what'd you think of Top Gun since we don't have a movie to review this week? <laughs> I really enjoyed it. So, like I've said before, I'm a big fan of the Ace Combat series. And as such, a bit of that military history, like history in general being my things. Um, this movie is, to sum it up, this is Ace Combat 7, the movie, <laughs> just because of some of the silliness. All right. No, I, I really enjoyed it. I, from a movie standpoint, I feel like it was very solid because I did feel like it was definitely one of Tom Cruise's better performances. I did like that it wasn't like a complete and total focus on this new cast of young pilots. Rather, it is a thing showing Maverick and just kind of how he's changed over the years, how he's done well. Not as much as he should have. Well, no, actually, it was kind of interesting. I was very happy and surprised to see how open the character was to talking about not only how well he's done, but also the places that he's failed at. Like the fact that he would have been bounced out of the Navy, I don't know how many times ago, if not for Iceman? Yeah, that too. <laughs> Val Kilmer's um, piece in it was actually kind of one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah, no, save. That actually hit me a little bit. Which is crazy, because in the first movie, I think I said this last week, but in the first movie, I did not really buy their rivalry turn friendship at all. No. I think it's kind of one of those things where 
it's it's for for stuff like that because I've seen that in a few other military like movies and whatnot. It's kind of the whole thing of at the end of the day, everybody's on the same side. So in a certain sense, you have to get along with each other. But everyone is also eager to show that they're better than the guy standing next to them, especially for pilots. Right. But it was. I very much enjoyed that. It was just the right combination of not overtly cheesy, but also being very, very wholesome and doing a lot to progress Maverick's development in the movie. Because it centers on the whole thing of having to deal with Rooster and while still battling over the grief of losing Goose in that in that accident. Which I will say, as far as like deaths in movies, that has got to be... Goose's death in the original Top Gun is definitely one of the shittiest ways I've ever seen to go. <laughs> I imagine so. Literally killed by the thing that's supposed to save your life. <laughs> that sucks. Oh, what else was there? No, it was... I enjoyed it a lot. It was very fun. The movie, like, straight up had one of the best PG-13 uses of the F-bomb I've ever seen. <laughs> when was that? When... It was during the last bit of the movie where Rooster and Maverick are escaping in the F-14. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, Maverick yeah, yeah, yeah. Maverick fires the missile at the fifth generation fire. It's an SU-57. I'll rant about that in a second. And the fifth gen fighter does a Cobra maneuver. And that is an actual maneuver, by the way. Right, the thing where spiraling, spiraling. Yeah, it's like a controlled spiral. You yeah. can actually go, you can go on YouTube, just like search up like, Sukhoi or SU like 27 maneuvers on YouTube and you'll see videos of Russian fighter jets pulling the same maneuver. Okay. And it is a thing of it just defies everything. Because it's already the fact that it's a fighter jet, it is literally a vehicle designed to basically say fuck gravity, fuck the air, fuck science. I make my own laws. Yeah. (laughs) So that was one of the best uses of a PG-13 F-bomb I've ever seen. I did enjoy the bits of humor, mostly because the humor was very natural. Um, it didn't feel like they were out of their way to like make things funny, especially the last bit where both Maverick and Rooster get shot down, and Maverick's giving Rooster shit for it, and Maverick just goes, what are you thinking? And Rooster just goes, you, you told me not to think, just do. And Maverick's just like, he fucking got me. <laughs> you miserable dingus, you got me. <laughs> just in the stunned silence and the way Rooster just throws up his arms like, ugh. This is the first time I've seen a movie where I regret not shelling out money for IMAX. Honestly, the next time I get paid, I'm thinking about going to see it again, but shelling out for IMAX. Wow. Cause a lo- no, because like a lot of the flight scenes and all that, because I'm not sure if you guys knew it when you talked about it. Most of the flight scenes were legit. Right. Yeah. Practical. Yeah. Effects. Like. Yeah, and especially, like, the noises and all of that and all the craziness with the cameras. Like, that was a lot of stuff where it's, like, I'm actually upset I didn't see this, like, with the full effect. Mm. Um, No, I immensely enjoyed the movie. If there was anything that bugged me, it's... And this is mostly the military aviation nerd part of my brain coming out. Uh, They purposely don't mention, like, who the enemy is as far as country or name or anything like that. Like the first Top Gun. Yeah, um... If I had to guess, based on the aircraft that show up, it's supposed to be some kind of a, amalgamation between Russia and Iran. Okay. Because Iran, because Iran is the only country that still operates F-14s. Um, fun fact: as when Iran got F-14s, we immediately like started scrapping all of ours to make it harder for them to get parts. But okay. I digress. It was a thing of when they introduced it. Um, it was like, yeah, they have fifth generation fighters. 
It's like, okay, these are SU-57s. Only Russia has them. And all of them are basically just decoration. <laughs> um, like, they straight up only have four of them, and none of them work, from what I understand. <laughs> it's supposed to be, like, their counterpart to the American F-22 Raptor. But it's like, yeah, we have these. Like, the enemy has these fighters, and also a secondary squadron of F-14s, which haven't been, with the exception of Iran, haven't been in any major military service for, like, the better part of 30, 40 years. So it's kind of a thing of, like, A, this is a very strange amalgamation of parts, weapons, and maintenance crews needed to maintain this fleet. And B, for some no-name country to have these planes, and, like, apparently a uranium, like, like processing facility it would be like if mexican drug cartels had f-22s and f-35s and people are just like i don't know where they got those from (laughs) just yeah that's just part of reality yeah it especially because it especially bugs me it's like this is just like some minor stuff i fully acknowledge i'm nitpicking because this is just my nerd brain going off but it bugs me because it's like you can't have that with it being very obvious what those planes are while also, while the United States of America and its Navy exist in the same universe. Mm. Like, that just bugs me. But other than that, that was really, like, genuinely my only, like, significant complaint with the movie. And I wouldn't even call it significant. It's it's minor. It's a nitpick. So let me ask. Favorite mm-hmm. trainee? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, only three ooh. of them really matter. Four of them, yeah, only maybe. three of them matter. It's it's a thing of like I definitely identify with Rooster's like conflict. As much as I hate to say it, because I really did not like his character, probably Hangman. He does have an extremely punchable face. Yes, but it's mostly a thing of Hangman is literally Maverick in the original Top Gun, as far as how he acts and how he talks. So there's a very, very, very fun and enjoyable element of Maverick basically looking at his older, at his younger self and going, wow, I was such an asshole. <laughs> I'm a douchebag. Yeah, like, he didn't see that in the movie, but you can kind of see it on his face, where it's just like... You know what's interesting? I didn't, I didn't twig to that at all. So that's an interesting yeah. catch. Yeah, no. Um... Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say as far as just impact and whatnot, especially because he kind of does the whole thing of, you know, obviously I wouldn't say that him and Rooster are friends at the end of it, but they both all ultimately recognize that they have a job to do, and they're on the same side. Especially during the last bit where he's like asking his um his ATC or traffic control to let him fly to make sure that they don't get themselves killed. Right. Um. Yeah. No, I would say he's my favorite, but most so from a movie development point as a person i hated his ass <laughs> oh yeah he's just he's so punchable yeah very 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 his face much so. is just you just you just want to just sink your fist into it <laughs> i bet it's made of marshmallow yes bob very much has a special place in my heart as bob's well. cool yeah bob like it's like what's your call sign it's like bob <laughs> no like seriously what's your call sign bob it's like, I, I identify. I feel like if I had joined the Air Force or the Navy, I would be Bob. <laughs> Whatever you like, say, honestly. Bob. <laughs> Just kind of the guy in the back. It's like, I am smart enough. Well, I'm not going to say smart enough because these are multi-million dollars death machines that we're talking about. But it's like, I am just smart enough to operate like all the secondary things in the laser guidance. Actually flying this thing? No, 
We'll nah, leave that to not, somebody not else. My, yeah, that's up to somebody else, even though, from what I understand, the Wizzo, which is Bob's role, um, they are still pilots. They can, I think in the F-18, they can take over if like the actual pilot gets knocked out. Huh. Don't know for certain. But Bob was definitely, Bob was probably the training that I identified the most with. And I did get very scared during, like, the um, bird scene. I was like, please don't kill Bob. Like, Phoenix is also really cool, but please don't kill Bob. <laughs> and then I think there were two other things I wanted your opinion on. First of which, what did you think of the ham droid? The ham droid? John Ham as Cyclone. Oh. <laughs> eh? I had no, like, particularly strong take on it one way or another it was kind of the thing of very much there to kind of drive the point of home of yes your reputation precedes you we know how much of a dickbag you are so the fact that you're here pisses me off i i don't know i felt like he was definitely trying to be all business but made it clear it's like you know i don't like this guy especially in the last bit where he is like i i what i should do is court-martial you and get you kicked the fuck out of the navy but god damn it, what you did was so cool that you would probably be the best thing to get my pilots back home alive. You're so goddamn cool! Yeah. <laughs> Even like, with your probably cost me my water career, football but... team-building exercises. <laughs> Not as egregious as the um, volleyball f- scene from the first movie. But also much um, less homoerotic. Much less homoerotic, and I definitely think it served a much greater purpose in Maverick than it did in the original Top Gun. Because in the original Top Gun, that whole scene... At least from what bits I remember of it, it felt like it was there just to be there. Yeah. With it, with the setup of the movie, it really was kind of a way to show, like, it was a good example of getting, like, a team of people who don't really like each other how to bond and how to, like, kind of, like, at least deal with each other's bullshit enough to be like, all right, we can at least work together a little bit. Yeah. I say, did you have any other questions for me about it? <laughs> yeah. What'd you think about Jennifer Connelly as not Charlie? She she was fun. I enjoyed her. I enjoyed her a lot. I did very much enjoy how in the first bit of the movie she's just like the person to kind of call out Maverick shit by getting him to like be like, Alright, you fucked up. You're paying for everybody in this bar. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny, that was one of the things that an or one of the things that annoyed me about this movie is that starting out, it's very much top gun redux. Oh, yeah. Rather than Top Gun sequel. Because one of the few things... I'm bad at visual metaphor and script symbology and what have you. But I did immediately cotton on to... Oh, look, there's a thing where the new people at Top Gun have an altercation or some kind of conversation with someone in a bar where they make an asshole out of themselves. And then it turns out that person's their instructor. Neat! I- I feel like that I feel like that was kind of the whole thing of, you know, like how when you're taught like how to write in like school, how your first like bit should be the bit that interest p- draws people in so that they stick around with what you're going to show them. I feel like Makes that sense. was de- Yeah, I was I feel like that was the bit between that and the intro basically being a one to one with the original Top Gun intro except with newer fighter jets. It's like, all right, this is definitely this first 20 minutes, 30 minutes or so is definitely the like make sure that the people who like love the original movie stay in their seats mm. and then after that it turned into all right now here's the actual movie it's if um, the force awakens had only been the first act and then yeah, they did something original pretty much it was um well original 
because he, it's mm. yeah. I will say because it was kind of the the first thing that annoyed me with watching the original Top Gun, and I was both happy and still annoyed to see it here. Was during the intro f- phase, and I know I talked to you about this outside of the podcast about how like it's just like kind of this quiet thing of like getting the jets ready, everyone working on the on the aircraft carrier. It's all serene and stuff. It's like this is really cool. Highway to the. And I was like, I was actually enjoying that. <laughs> <laughs> I was enjoying that quiet. <laughs> no, you gotta have Kenny Loggins, man. Yeah, it's like I, you know, Kenny Loggins is a good singer, but I was kind of enjoying the airplane porn for a second. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised by how much I like this movie, even with how, especially at the start, it's very self nostalgic. Hmm. In a way that. Ghostbusters Afterlife kind of was, Force Awakens kind of was, and it's probably just because I only watched Top Gun for the first time the week bef- a couple days before and was not a huge fan. I was just kind of rolling my eyes out a lot of it going, okay, it's Top Gun, come on. Yeah. But it it ended up working. I feel like they did that. I kind of agree with that, but I feel like the reason for it was just because like Top Gun is one of the movies that one thinks of um like, if you think of the 80s, or honestly, if you think of the Navy, like, yeah. if I remember correctly, there was a thing that the Navy put out that basically said, yeah, after Top Gun came out, our enlistment increased by 500%. Wow. Yeah, like... That's it a was little a- depressing, but... <laughs> so, and especially the thing of, you know, it being, like, damn near 40 years between the movies, kind of the whole thing of, like, I felt like they were trying to kind of remind the people who saw the movie being like, yes, this is why you love this movie. Yeah, that makes this is, sense. This is still this, so don't, don't, don't go away just yet. Right. So I think we might be good to wrap this up then, because it's getting a little noisy where I am. So uh, <laughs> I think it's time to call this a time. Next week will be... Jurassic World Dominion, a.k.a. please let this be the last one. Please, 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 I'm so sick of these dinosaurs. Like, please, oh god, please let it stop, please. I don't even, I I don't even like the originals that much. Please, (laughs) no more. Pretty much. But, that's for next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Make sure to like, comment, subscribe, give ideas for more stuff. If you want to hear more stuff. Also, make sure to follow on Spoofy, because that also helps. Yes. (laughs) Yes, fine, Greg. Spotify! (laughs) I'm Cody, a.k.a. the Scarlet Troll. And I am Greg. A.k.a. AKA Bob. (laughs) Bob works. (laughs) (laughs) And we will see you next time. Bye. Goodbye, everybody.